Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Liz and Paul where we'll be discussing Royal Ascot. In this episode we're going to be previewing the Group 1 races on Day 1, 2 and 3 and also as well we'll uh, catch up with Paul and Liz to see what they fancy away from the main races. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is on the Tuesdays. The first race is the Queen Anne Stakes. It's a Group 1 contest over a mile and Baid will be all the rage here. I'll come to you here first, Paul. I mean, Baid, he's 1-5 to five currently. Um, do we see anything getting close to him, or should just this be a one to watch and uh, have a bet later on on the card? Uh, yeah, probably one for the multis. I want to, to sit back and, and relax and enjoy. I think we'd be disappointed if, if we don't see something special here once again. You know, he's unbeaten. He was a good winner of the, the Lockers last time out. If one was to have a bet, possibly Chindit as an each way angle. I know he's drifting in the in the market. He does have a bit to find. He was towed behind by Eid and Real World in the Lockers last time out. If he could be ridden with a bit more restraints, he might just nick second. He's a little under two lengths to find with Real World. So a bit of an each way selection for, for Chindit if you have to have a bet. And one that I can see out running his odds is the charismatic accidental agent. Absolutely loves the horse. He won this race back in 2018. He's refused to race since that. He's run about the 50 to 1 mark. He would need to improve even to take second place. But I do expect him to outrun his odds at 50 to 1. But by eight to win, and if you had to have a bet, chinned it each way. Okay, maybe one for the without markets. Maybe if real world's taken yeah. up a lot of the value, you know, and and if he wasn't to fire, you you could maybe get some nice prices against a, a couple of the others there with, uh, like you say, accidental agent and and Chindit. So yeah, um, buy should win for pool, but there could be a couple of others that uh, might be able to fill second there. Okay, um, moving on, uh, Liz, uh, buy do we do we think he's a good thing here? Yeah, I agree. I think we just need to sit back and enjoy the show, I think. But I just like, yeah, I'd like to just mention obviously the Queen Anne's probably a good opportunity for him to lay down further claims that he's the best horse in the world. So I don't profess to be an expert in American racing, uh, but there is there is a horse over there called Flightline who's won all five starts, including the Met Mile over at Belmont um, last week where he won easily. And he's, he's running the same sort of numbers we saw from Arrogate at the same stage of his career uh the americans would say that he's the best in the world so i just hope that by can can put on a show but also like paul said from a betting perspective maybe find a market without the favorite and and again chinned it for me um who came third behind by at newbury last month and he might get the better of real world this time he came second in that same race yeah i actually looked at that market earlier and uh, real world uh, on Sunday, he was around about 6-4, to four, but he, he's been solid and he's now even money. I think maybe that is a little bit short for him. So, yeah, maybe a couple of the others. Chindit could be the one to uh, to maybe uh, finish second to buy and yeah, could maybe re- represent a little bit of value. Okay, so that's the Queen Anne covered. The next race we're going to look at on the card is a great-looking great race. It's the King Stand Stakes, the 340 over five furlongs. And we've got a pair of international raiders heading the betting. We've got Nature Strip at 2-1. to one, Golden Power at 7-2. Next in this Twilight calls the best of the British at 6. Munies has been quite well supported at 9s. Man of Promise at 11s. And bigger are the rest. Um, Liz, I'll come to you here first. 
Obviously, we've got Nature Strip and Golden Pal. Uh, both um, camps have been quite bullish uh, in their comments in the last few days. Are we going with one of them, or are we going with maybe one of the home team to uh, to uh, burst their hopes? So I've gone for one of the overseas contenders, and it's the Australian horse, Nature Strip, who is an eight times Group 1 winner. He arrives as highly credentialed as any of the other previous four Australian winners of this race, and he goes on any ground. He's likely to get a nice spot in behind Golden Pal, and he has beaten higher rated sprinters than Golden Pal as well. Um, and as and he's reportedly travelled over and settled in well. Um, in the last 10 years, they've come down the centre every time, and only once in the last 10 years has a stall lower than seven won the race, um, and the average field size in that time is 16.7. Um, so I'm against Golden Powell. He, I mean, he's big and he's a strong horse, um, but he just has a seemingly inability to win on a straight course. So he's come over twice, and he's been beaten twice on that straight course. It's second in the Norfolk two years ago, and he absolutely bombed it in the Nunthorpe last year. Um, he likes to win from the front, but again, a bit of a stat, but only Batash has made all to win this race in the last 10 years. Um, I guess if you do want some value each way, I do like the look of Mooney Esther, who's an Irish filly. She's got a bit to find with the top two on ratings, but she wants quick ground, but should enjoy running up the hill. And there should be plenty of pace to aim at, which will suit her hold-up style. Okay, so it's Nature Strip for Liz and Mooniesta in each way price is now short as 9 to 1 as the tractor support there from 16. So, yeah, maybe uh, the, the listeners uh, are getting on already. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there, uh, Liz is sports on the King's stand. How about you, though, Paul? Um, Golden Powell, are you like Liz uh, and also myself? Um, just don't see him lasting out the five furlongs? I do see him uh, lasting the, the five furlongs here. The ground's going to be quick. I'm going to stick golden palace nap of the day i think he's nicely drawn in 13. the, the australian horse has he is the highest rated sprinter in the world but he has two ways of breaking he, he can be when he's sharp he's very sharp from the gates but he can he, he has a, also a tendency to miss the break and he's not going to want to miss it here pal is going to be gone biggest concern here is that irad who's fresh from his belmont success belmont stake success on saturday night would be you know, I ride get out in front. He's going to have to drop anchor. If he kicks a half a second too too early, he won't get home. If he holds on a bit too late, he may get caught. I thought Jerry Bailey summed up. I thought he gave a lovely build up to the Belmont Stakes on Saturday night when he was talking about what a, a an advantage it was to know Belmont Park in that the, the kicking kicking around that home turn was such an advantage if he knew how to ride the bend and. You know yourself if you're driving to work and you're or you're doing it every day, you, you do so many things without even thinking. Whereas if you're going, if you were to drive here in Ireland and you were to make a call or to you know take a sip of coffee, you miss your turn off off the motorway. And as I read, like he, it's it's just a different ball game here. Um, and as well as that, the American in American racing, the first two furlongs are the fastest. Where in England, Ireland, it's the middle two furlongs, regardless pretty much of the distance and that, that goes for national hunt racing as well so that's going to be interesting that's going to be that's going to be a challenge in itself so i think irad who's on his a game we saw that saturday night i think if we can get the fractions right i think pal is going to take the beating here he is friendless in the market there's plenty of support for the australian runner particularly throughout the early stages of play this afternoon but i'm going to stick with my pal pal golden pal mm, interesting then from paul 
I myself are dead against him. And he, you, like you say, he has taken a walk in the market. Um, he's now as big as seven to two. I didn't see him maybe going off that kind of price. Um, but no. I, I do think personally that there could be a pace collapse in here. I think he will go a little bit too quick. I'm not sure if the Australian form will, uh, will even though he has beaten uh, good horses over there and he, he, he's he got a very good rating, I, I don't know. I just think there could be a boil over here. And I've liked uh, a couple of bigger prices. I thought were more appealing betting propositions. I couldn't understand why Twilight Calls was 6-1 uh, to one from from the UK uh, runners. I thought he was a bit too short there. Um, he's not. He's really yet to do it in uh, Patton Company. I thought the likes of uh, some of the old friends like Mondemege might be able to run in, in the first five or six if he can get some extra places. We know he's going to be staying on at the end. He'll like the strong pace. He's not um, drawn too far from Golden Power, so he's going to get a very good turn to this race. He's He ran arguably one of his best races ever last time when he finished fourth at... Um, at Haylock last time out, I remember putting him up that day at fifty to one, and he ran on really, really strongly. And I just think that there are maybe a couple of those kind of horses that might be able to make the make the frame. We saw Arecibo finish second in this race last year, so similar horses have done quite well in it in the past. And I just thought he might run well. And I thought Saint Lawrence could too. I think sprinting. Um, we were still yet to see the best of him over the five furlongs. Put a line through that run at Chantilly last time out. Uh, if he uh, runs to his third at Newmarket again, I think he could be one that might be able to make the frame. He actually beat Twilight Calls in the Palace House Stakes. So yeah, I, I don't see why there's such a discrepancy between them in the market. And I just thought both of them were fairly overpriced. And if you're getting 14, 16 to one for him to finish in the first five, I thought that was a far more appealing. Um, proposition and back in uh, some of those at the top of the market but we all uh, agree to disagree here so uh, Paul is confident with Golden Powell one of his best bets of uh, Royal Ascot I'm going to go with the two rank outsiders St. Lawrence and uh, and uh, Mondemege and Liz quite likes the chances of Nature Strip to do the business and also as well a positive mention for Mooniesta so it seems like we've got that race covered at all ends of the market the next race we're going to look at on Tuesday is the St James's Palace Stakes and Caribus your 2000 Guineas winner is the favourite at 8-11 to My Prospero at 9-2 Mighty Ulysses at 11s Maldum 12s and bigger are the rest um, Paul Caribus no doubt deserves to be the right favourite for the race, but do we think he should be as short as that? Yeah, I think so. I think on what he's shown so far, I thought he looked at an absolute beast on his last couple of starts. Um, even his win at Newmarket back towards the back end of last season at the beginning of October, I thought he looked pretty special then. Um, he backed that up since, obviously, in the Guineas. This is his first start away from, from Newmarket, which will be, be interesting, um, but he's got a fantastic pedigree you know, by Dubawi out of a Tiafilo mare. I don't see the trip to Ascot being a problem. You know, he, but I'm, you know, the, the, I'm looking here, he's, you know, he's twice a winner on good ground. He was beaten, finished second, beaten favourite on a second start on quick ground. Um, but he, he won on debut on quick ground. So I don't think the ground's going to be an issue here. Caribus is the one they all have to beat. The one I thought, if you had them a bet, he's doubled in price since I was looking up at, looking at this race, but I thought he was a fascinating entry before the deaths were made, was, was William Haggis's Maljum. He's three from three. He won the German 2000 guineas last time out. Stevie Donahue was on board. I don't know if Tom Marquand has had the choice of between Maljum and, and My Prospero. If he has, he's gone for My Prospero, which would obviously, if you're reading the line on that, would sway you towards My Prospero, but... I think Maljum is, is interesting enough. She's run with the 14 to 1 mark and 
wouldn't plan anyone off having a small each-way wager on, on margin. Yeah, he, he could definitely improve. I, I actually saw in the racing post that William Hagler said Tom had actually found it quite difficult to make the choice um, between between the two, and he's gone for my Prosperity. My Prosperity is actually the one I quite like in the race. I thought his win last time out in the Heron Stakes was very good. He's ultimately going to want further in time, but the way he picked up in the last furlong, doing all his best work late on, hit the line really hard, and we know he's going to be doing that in, in the St. James's Palace tomorrow. So I think he can beat Caribus, and I think there's a lot more to come from him. He's from a really good family as well. He's um, half a brother to my Oberon, who is a good uh, horse for the yard, and also as well my Astra, who could be a Group 1 filly, I think, this year for the same connection. So, yeah, my Prospero is the idea of the winner. Um, but, yeah, interesting thoughts there from Paul. How about you, though, Liz? Um, do we think Caribus is going to get the job done here? Yeah, he's yeah he's he's short enough in the betting, but it is completely understandable. Um, obviously, winning the guineas and yeah, six of the last ten winners in this has finished first, second, or third in the guineas. Um, and I yeah, I, I think we're going to struggle to to for him to get beat, but on exactly the same as Paul again. Um, but I think there's some value in Maljum, um, who's won all of his three starts, including the German 2000 guineas. Um, and yeah, he did that really well. Um, I think, yeah, if there's, if there's going to be a chink in the favourites armour, I think this could be the one to exploit it. Seems like I'm the dysfunctional one tonight. Paul and Liz are on the same uh, hymn sheet. They both like Mal June, but they think Rebus will get the job done. And I think my Prospero is the one to beat. But uh, hey, what do I know? So yeah, that's our thoughts on the St. James's Palace Estates. We're then going to look at the Group 1, the only Group 1 on Wednesday now. It's the 340. It's the Prince of Wales Stakes. And even though this is only a five-runner race, it looks the belter. We've got the Bay Bridge here for Ryan Moore and Sir Michael Stout at 11-8. to Shirayra, I think I've pronounced that right. The Japanese horse at 3-1. to State of Rest at 5. Lord North at 7. And Grand Glory is the outsider at 8. I quite like the chances here of Bay Bridge uh, to get the job done. Do we think uh, he's going to do it, Liz? I'm really surprised, actually, about how short a rod Bay, Bay Bridge is. I mean, he hasn't hasn't really got the CV as a lot of other other horses in this race. But I mean, he did he did look like a proper Group One horse um, when he won the Brigadier Gerard at, at Sandown on his return, um, and he won't have any issues with the ground. Um, but yeah, Shiraya is yeah he won the Japanese Derby last year before running third to Contrail in the Japan Cup. Um, and quite often, I think the Japanese horses come over and hit soft ground, which they don't like. But I mean, based on the weather forecast this week, um, he's going to get perfect ground. Um, Lord North, I don't think we 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 seem to have forgotten about Lord North, but he hacked up in this two years ago. Um, but he has only had three runs after injury. Um, so yeah, he loves quick ground as well. Um, and then we've got State of Rest, who won the Cock Plate last year. Um, and Andy obviously won a group one um, in America. Um, he's probably given too much to do in the Tattersall's Cup in Ireland um, when he was only beaten by half the length. Um, but he's another one that will enjoy the quicker ground. I'm, I'm actually quite excited to see this race. But if I was forced to choose one, then I'm going with State of Rest in this. Okay, State of Rest then it is for Liz. How about you though, Paul? Who did you think would win the Prince of Wales? I think Bay Bridge. I thought he was very impressive. He quickened up nicely to win the Brigadier Gerard. I thought he's been brought along beautifully by Sir Michael Stout and 
Yeah, I, I do think he's he's priced accordingly here. He was was around about five to four before the decks were made, but he, he looked very good when winning the Brigadier Gerard. I think something just want to touch on the list that you mentioned was the ground here. So often when you it's great to see Japanese runners coming across here as they look to to lay down a, a worldwide marker, but a lot of the the international raiders like the American horses in particular that have come over, the ground is as often into their chances so to speak but the international horses are going to get the ground here so the best horses hopefully will will nine times out of ten win here so we're going to get a real you know it'll be fair game here this week i think with, with the quick ground so i think that's great to see um so yeah but in, in this in the prince of wales back to the race, prince of wales bay bridge for me yeah i'm in agreement so two votes for the bay bridge and um liz likes um, state of rest for Joseph O'Brien. So that's the Prince of Wales covered. We're then going to move on to the feature race of the week, which is the 420. It's the Ascot Gold Cup Group 1. And Stradivarius will be looking to make history here to tie the record with Yates at four Gold Cups. But Kiprios looks like he is the young pretender and has been well backed into favouritism. He is now 11 to 8. We then got Stradivarius at 9 to 4. Prince and Zoe at 6 to 1. Trushan's unlikely to run. He's now at 8. The same, I think, can be said for Scope. He's at 10s and bigger are the rest um kiprios uh paul you can have first say here um obviously he looked very good at leopardstown but uh he's still got to prove that he, he gets this extra trip and it wasn't much of a field he beat you have to say no but he done it well um you know he, he was very good he, he was good in nav and also on the vintage crop i was actually at nav on that day when he won the, the vintage crop back on the in april um he beat Search for a song on that occasion. He won going away. It's a stiff mile and six at at, at Navanau. It's a good uphill finish there. Likewise at Leprestown, you know, you've got that stiff uphill finish. I think if he settles, he should be obviously help his, his case there for, for staying the, the trip. But Stradivarius, was it a good winner last time out? Is he getting a bit vulnerable to, to the younger legs? I suppose, as, as you mentioned in the intro there, Kiprius is the one that you know, he's the young pretender coming through. One that, that is, is interesting, if he could transfer his all-weather form, is Earl of the Cotswolds. He was a good winner on, on the all-weather Champions Day when last seen back on the 15th of April. He'd like an old scrap now. If he's within fighting distance of the of the pace tournament for home, he'll not be shy of, of putting his head down and knuckling down if he has to. As I said, he's won his last three on the all-weather. If he, you know, he's been given a good break since we last seen him in April. And I could see Earl of the Cotswolds running well here for Liam Canary and Twiston Davis. The Twist and Davis team. Um, but I suppose on, on what we know thus far, Stradivarius and, and Kiprios are the ones that you'd, you'd imagine will be fighting it fighting it out, approaching the final for them. Okay, so Paul thinks the market has it right. How about you, Liz? Do we think Stradivarius is going to do it and make four gold cups, or do we think he, he's a bit vulnerable now? I'd love it. I'd love it for him to win again. I mean, it's just a good news story for racing, isn't it? But yeah, three times winner of the race and I don't think he had much luck last year. And like Paul said, he isn't getting any younger. He is eight now. Um, but John Gosden, I think, has always maintained that he's better on top of the ground. Um, and his last two wins in this race have gone on soft going. But he's going to get quick ground that last year, like he did in 2018, when he beat a very good field. Um, you could argue that he got quick ground last year, but we know, I think, what happened that day. I think it was a bit of a bad ride and bad luck, um, unfortunately. Um, 
true shan i think if the rain came which i don't think it's going to but if it did um then i think he'd have a massive chance i don't even if i mean if he doesn't get any rain then i, I think he's going to be an unlikely starter um and like we said about kiprios um yeah he's he he beats the for a song that's obviously a good filly um and the yards won this seven times with four different horses so they obviously know what sort of horse it takes but um the heart for me still says Stradivarius. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think he will get his conditions. And I actually thought it was a good run last time at York. He beat Thunderous, who had been a bit of a yardstick in, in a few decent races. And I don't th think it was a bad return. And I, th I just think we know he, he goes around the course and distance so well here. He's 9-4. to four. I think I'd rather be taking that than uh, taking the 11-8 to eight about Kipras. And I, I do think that Stradivarius will do it. And I think this isn't a particularly strong renewal compared to what it might have looked uh, a few weeks ago, especially now Trusham is unlikely to run. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Ascot Gold Cup. So, we kind of got two votes for Stradivarius, and Paul quite likes Earl of the Cotswolds at a bigger price. So, that rounds off our thoughts then on Thursday. We're now at the point of uh, the podcast where we're going to hand it over to Paul and Liz to see what else they fancy um, in some of the undercard and also as well maybe on some of the other days that we aren't covering. So, um, Liz, you can go first. I know you've been doing some uh, homework. Um, what you got for us? So, to, so tomorrow in the Copper Horse Stakes, I think um, Alan King's Raymond Tusk. Um, I think he's thirty-three to one. He's top weight, um, but he has been running in in group races. I think he might run at a big price tomorrow. Um, again um, on Wednesday, um, Chateau who did wonders for me a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's currently 9-1 to one, uh, in the Windsor Castle Stakes, um, and I, I'd like to see him win again. And on Thursday, in the Hampton Court Stakes, um, Hu Yamal, who obviously came second uh, in, the, in the derby, he is 5-1, to one, um, and I think he will go well as well again. Yeah, who you mail has actually been sold tonight. I don't know who who's brought him, but uh, he's uh, been sold for one point two million at the, at the cost. Yeah, it wasn't sale. me. No, it's <laughs> not that money. You weren't the underbid at all. No, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, well, we'll have to see how he fares then on Thursday for his new connections. But it definitely wasn't this. We we've gathered that much. Anyway, Paul, how about you? Far away, what do you like at Royal Ascot? Well, I suppose to look just very quickly go through to the rest of the races, some of the races tomorrow that we didn't cover. I think Arcadian Sunrise could run well in the, the five o'clock. Had his run checked slightly when finishing fourth at Chester last time out under Jamie Spencer. Represents a, a shrewd trainer in John Creeley. And um, they've booked it, the talented Harry Davis, who claims five off nine stone nine. 535, I quite like Majestic Dawn, who I thought created a favourable impression when making all to win a listed event at Goodwood last time out. I thought he was pretty impressive. And he has finished third on quick ground in the past. So that's Majestic Dawn in the 535. And I think All Right Sunshine can run well in the, the 610. And of the rest of the week, you know how much of a fan I am of Wesley Ward. So I think this grounds, as long as the rain stays away, I think Ruthen can run it, run well. I think she ran about the, the 14 to 1 mark in the Commonwealth Cup on Friday. I think Carol Burke, he knows what it takes to win the Commonwealth Cup. El Cabello, who's six from seven, I think will take a bit of beating in that. But I think Ruthen, who disappointed when a beaten favourite in the Windsor Castle at Ascot last year, I think 
bit better ground this year, can outrun her odds of around about 14 to 1. And we can't ignore Campanelli's form here at Ascot. It's pretty impressive. Like, was a good winner at Keeneland back in April. Got the Commonwealth Cup in the stewards' room last year. Still ran a cracker on ground that probably wouldn't have suited her. She won the Queen Mary on good ground back in 2020. And I, I think Campanelli has to be there or thereabouts in the Platinum Jubilee later on in the week. Okay, so we've got a few uh, Wesley Ward runners to look out for. So, yeah, Paul's uh, going to be getting all the USA gear on and cheering uh, Wesley Ward. So, yeah, um, that's uh, that's it then uh, for, for this week's podcast. Uh, thank for, thanks for Liz and Paul giving up their time. Hopefully we've found some winners for you. We'll have our day uh, four and five preview later in the week where I'll be joined by Izzy and Mark. So hopefully they'll be able to give us some winners as well. But it's been a pleasure, guys. Um, please remember to uh, rate, review and subscribe to wherever you listen to us on um, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Make sure you uh, give us a follow. Also as well, we're on the socials on Twitter and on Instagram at In The Saddle Podcast. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.